Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through Turkey and arrived in Ephesus, where he found several disciples. Verse 2, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. Now here's the part I I really want to kind of use as a as a frame for today's message it says we don't know what you mean <laughs> what is the holy spirit i like that i like that even that that sentence right there like we don't even know what you mean what is what is the holy the holy spirit i want to give you the title to today's message if you're taking notes and by the way if you're taking notes you get extra points in heaven so i want to recommend and encourage you to take notes today um you get an extra ruby on your crown. Oh, he was a note taker. Look at that. He was a note taker. Um, I want to give you the title to today's message. And the title to today's message might be a little weird, but it's, it's this. It's holy, holy what? What? What you say about my mama? Holy what? Look at the person next to you. Tell him holy what? A lot of words have come after that word. But today is going to be holy what? Holy what? Why don't you help me pray today? I want to join you. And by the way, I want to welcome every first-time guest. I'm so glad that you could be here today. I pray that this message speaks to your life. I want to... Maybe you've been coming for some time as well. And I just want to welcome you to this family. And um, help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are here, God. That your your spirit is here, God. And the Bible says, God... That where your spirit dwells, there is liberty. There is freedom. There is a release. And so we, we thank you that we can partake in that freedom that's been made available to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen, and amen, and amen. We don't have a time clock today, so we'll be here for the next two hours. Praise the name of the Lord. Can you give God some praise? You guys like... A good message. You go with that, Javi, two hours? We're going back. Take me back. Um, some of you may know this. Some of you may not. But uh, I've said it before. I was raised in a home, a Hispanic home. Um, and I was raised in a Pentecostal home. So I was raised Pentecostal, but I was always ra- also raised in a Hispanic home. And, and I share a lot of my heritage. But... Uh, when you're raised in a Spanish, a his, uh, Spanish Pentecostal home, it means that everything is black and white. Okay, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that we had these two familiar terms, and they were, that's demonic, or that's the Holy Ghost. All right, so we had these two terms, and, and I want to be honest with you, many of us had a ordinary upbringing. I had a special upbringing where 97% of everything in life was demonic. Like if, if um, I just want to give you, if you ever listen to rock and roll, that was demonic. Oh, you were able to watch the Smurfs. We weren't. You know why? Because it was demonic. Oh, you like to play pool. 
We couldn't play pool. You know why? Because it was of the devil. It was demonic. Oh, you wanted to go to the pool. You can't go to the pool. You know why? Because it was demonic. <laughs> oh, you wanted to go to the movies. You can't go to the movies. You know why? Because it's demonic. <laughs> oh, you, you want to celebrate Halloween and go trick-or-treating? The devil is a liar. You are going to hell because it's demonic. Some people grew up believing in Santa Claus. Other others grew up knowing that Santa Claus doesn't exist. If you were raised in a Pentecostal home, you believed he existed, except that Santa Claus was a demon. Okay? And so we were re raised believing. And by the way, if you were raised in a Pentecostal home by the age of 30, you know how to play a tambourine as a professional. Come on, somebody. Where's Zab at? Where's Bianca at? Y'all know what? Y'all yeah, Grab the thump, ba -dump, ba -dump, bum, 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 Y'all ready. And, and if it wasn't demonic, it was Holy Ghost. So what does that mean? That means if you find money on the way to church, you know what that was, right? That was the Holy Ghost. He opened up my eyes. He was able to let me see that $5 bill. And with precision, I came and grabbed it and and guess what happened if the cashier gave you more change than what was needed? That was a blessing from the Lord. That was the Holy Ghost that inspired that person to calculate incorrectly so that you can receive blessings so that you could buy your rice, your beans, and the eggs just on a rainy day. Come on, somebody. There's too many of us in here that know what I'm talking about. That's scary. All right, I'm going home. And so it was, it was Holy Ghost, and so... So you took that experience to church, right? And so in church, I want to be honest, you brought, there was so many manifestations of what we said was the holy. Matter of fact, before, before that, like if you're, if you cut school and your parents found out, guess who told them? The Holy Ghost. He was snitching from the very beginning. The Holy Ghost was snitching on us. Like, man, I can't do nothing. And, and we brought that experience to church, and uh, in church we saw some, 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 I mean, some extraordinary things and some things that were just really weird. And, um, and, and I, I want to give you a disclaimer. I'm not saying that any of this is the Holy Ghost or not the Holy Ghost. I'm just saying that we could speculate if it is or not. And so one of the, I mean, we've, we saw people, if, if, if you flapped your wings or you flapped your arms in church, guess what that was? That was the Holy Ghost. If you bark like a dog, I've seen it, I'm telling you, that was the Holy Ghost. And some of it, if you're new here, just, just listen, we'll get, we'll get to the point, all right? We'll, okay. It's like, bark, I don't want to bark like a dog. I don't either, right? So, so it was like, so I, I promise you, like, I remember one time, I kid you not, this person got prayed for. And when they got prayed for, they fell back. And they opened up their eyes, they looked up, and they gave the preacher a thumbs up. <laughs> I kid you not, that's the, that's the honest truth. Like, and it was what? The Holy Ghost, right? I, I literally saw a person do cartwheels in the front of the stage. And when I asked, what in the world is happening right now? Guess what was, what was the answer? Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. He's Holy Ghost dancing right there. But here's what would happen. I would go to different churches as well I would visit another church and and I also realized that in other churches 
you mentioned the Holy Ghost, and it was like, no, no, we don't, we don't do that here. We don't, we don't, no, no, no. Come on, accountability circle, get around them. Control them, bring them to the back. <laughs> oh, some of you grew up there too. Okay. Right? Like, no, 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 no. We don't, no, 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 we don't speak in tongues. Unless we understand, we don't speak in tongues here. Oh, we don't dance here. You sit in your seat, you read your hymnal, and we'll worship the Lord. I've been to churches like that. And what I've realized is that, you know, there, there are so, so many different aspects of, of a way a person could be raised in, in a church setting. And I, I think there, there were times that in certain upbringings, you have this overemphasis of the Holy Spirit. This overemphasis where, where, guess what? Everything is the Holy Spirit. Oh, shoulda condorono. That's the Holy Ghost. Shoulda bought a Honda. That's the <laughs> Holy Ghost. Listen, I, I'm, I'm like Paul. I say like Paul, like I speak in tongues more than all of you guys. Like, this is something that I practice, but I think that sometimes there has been an overemphasis on the Holy Ghost where everything is the Holy Ghost and everything is spooky and everything is weird and everything is, un, is out of order. And, every, and then there's many times where we're off to the other side of the pendulum swings on this side, but it never goes to the other side. And so it's like, no, 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 no. We don't want the Holy Ghost. We don't care about the Holy Ghost. Th listen, the Holy Ghost, is we can't understand him. And oftentimes what happens is, is that we end up in a place of confusion if we're being honest. And what I've realized is that the knee-jerk reaction of humanity when they're confused is that you will always reject what you don't understand. Yeah. And so many times because we don't have an understanding of the Holy Spirit is that we reject the Holy Spirit. But here's what Jesus says. Jesus said to, to his disciples, he said, listen, man, I want you to get this. I want you to get this understanding that, that I'm leaving but I'm sending you someone that is going to take my place. And he says that he's going to come to your aid. I'm sending you a helper. And, and so we have to understand that there's a value to the Holy Spirit. But many times because we don't understand or we don't comprehend the Holy Spirit or we've seen too many sides of the spectrum, we just don't get it. I like what George Caban always says. He says, confused people do nothing. And so sometimes because we're confused on a matter, we simply don't do anything and we're stagnant. But I've also realized this truth that oftentimes it's not that we're rejecting the Holy Spirit himself. What we are rejecting is the presentation that's been made to us of the Holy Spirit. And so we're, we're, we're not necessarily rejecting who the Holy Spirit is, is that we're just confused by the presentation that's been made to us, And so we, 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 we're kind of rejecting more so the presentation of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I resonate so much with this verse, because this verse, you, you have a couple of disciples that are Apollos and Paul approach. And they're like, hey, man, when you when you were baptized, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they're like, huh? Holy what? What do you mean the Holy Spirit? What what is it that you're talking about? What? What is the Holy Spirit? And I, and I think most of us could kind of arrive to this place that if we, we really were asked, who is the Holy Spirit? Or we're like, uh, I know he's like part of the Godhead and I know that, I know that he has giftings. But, but it's like, who is the Holy Spirit? And here's what I, want, what I believe. I truly believe that when you value who the Holy Spirit is and when you encounter 
the Holy Spirit. You'll never spend a day trying to function without him. And you'll never spend a day trying to walk away from him or ignoring him. You'll never spend a day running from him. You'll spend your life running to him. Come on. Someone shout amen in this place. And so as your pastor, I just, I simply want to spend today just giving you a little bit more clarity on who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, the way we do that is we want to go through the scriptures and we want to see what the Bible says through the mouth of Jesus about who the Holy Spirit is. And, it, and this is where it brings us to John chapter 14. This is one of the things that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Mark, put this in your notes. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 26. It says, then I will ask my father and I will give you another helper. In other words, Jesus is the helper of the disciples, and he's saying, I'm going to send you someone else. I'm going to give you another helper, and he will be with you forever. Someone shout forever. forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him. It does not see him or know him. You know him because he lives with you, and he will be in you. Verse 25, jump over to verse 25. It says, I have told you these things while I'm still with you. The helper is the Holy Spirit. We touched on it last week. The helper is the Holy Spirit. The Father will send him in my place and he will teach you everything. <sighs> did, you, did, you, did you catch that in your spirit? Did you catch that? He will, he will teach you, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a few moments. He says he, he will teach you. You need to understand something about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and will help you remember everything I have to told you. I love that because sometimes we only see the Holy Spirit as our aid in the spiritual realm or on Sundays when we come to church and we have an experience with the Holy Spirit, but we never have a lifestyle with the Holy Spirit. But this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that he's not just going to teach you what I've taught you. He's going to help you in every part of life that you experience. And so, he says, I'm sending you the helper. Now, I want to define for you what the helper is today. And, and, and if I may, I want to teach a little bit. When we see the word helper in the Bible, it, for us, it's like helper, right? But, but we don't understand many times that the Bible is re written in the Greek language. And the word for helper in the Greek is parakletos. Some people pronounce it parakletos but they don't speak Greek like I do. Parakletos. Which means summoned, called to one side, especially to one's aid. I love this right here. It's, it's summoned, called to one side. When he says helper, it's not just coming like, a, you know, like sometimes we're like, oh, he's a helper. He's so cute. Susan is a helper. She's so cute. Marlon is a helper. He's so cute. <laughs> Stephanie's a helper. She's so, no, 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 no. Like, like. Sometimes there's no power in helper, right? Like you, you hear the word helper in our English translations, and we're like, helper, oh, great guy. No, 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 he's the paracletus. He, his assignment, mm, this is so good. He, he's been summoned by God himself. He's been summoned by God himself to come alongside of us. And he, here's, what, here's what it is. His assignment is to aid you in every part of life. 
so, 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 so you want to know who the Holy Spirit is, you have to understand that he's the paracletus, which, which is to say that he, his mission is to help you in every part of life. His mission, he specializes in human beings. I think that we put our trust in, in doctors and we put our trust in professionals. And I think that's extraordinary. And I think that's amazing. But we need to understand something about the Holy Spirit. That he got his doctor's degree, surpassing his doctor's degree on humanity. And his assignment is to come to your aid, especially when you need him the most. And here's how he comes to your aid when we jump over to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I want to build a foundation before I start preaching. I haven't even started preaching yet. Look at your neighbor. Tell him it's about to get better. But come on, somebody. But you will receive. This is how the Holy Spirit aids you. This is how the Holy. This is how the Paracletus comes and helps you. But you will receive power. Someone shout power! Oh, I'm getting excited just right there. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you will tell about me in the city of Jerusalem and all over the countries of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. This is what Jesus is communicating to his disciples before his, his ascension. He's saying, listen, I want you to know something, that, that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're going to receive power, but not just any ordinary power. See, you're not going to receive man's power or man's wisdom. What you're going to receive is the same power that I had when I walked this earth. And I think many times we look at the life of Jesus and we say that he was born to die. And I agree with that. Jesus was born to die. But we also have to understand that he lived 33 years of life to show us not just how to die, but to show us how to live. Yeah. See, Jesus, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the same power that flowed out of me now flows inside of you. And, and I think as believers, so many of us today, look, look what Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says. It says this. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. In other words, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to resurrect. And here's what he's saying. He said, the Holy Spirit flowed out of me, but he's going to flow inside of you so that you can do everything that I did. In other words, if you saw me heal the blind, guess what? You have power now to heal the blind. If you saw me raise the dead, you have power now to raise the dead. If you saw me heal the sick, guess what? You have power now. Someone shout, I got power. And so many times where we're living powerless lives in powerless relationships with powerless marriages with a powerless hope and a powerless faith and Jesus is saying no 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 you have been filled with the same power that I've been filled with and, and, and I think that again we, we see our lives as as as, okay, that's Jesus. I, you know, for me, sometimes it, it kind of annoys me when someone, or particularly a preacher, would say something like, oh, I, 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 you know, Jesus forgave, but I'm not Jesus. Say, what? Do you know the thing that made Jesus Jesus dwells on the inside of you? So I might not be 
physical, visible, tangible Jesus, but the same essence that filled Jesus now dwells on the inside of me. In fact, Jesus didn't say you would do less things than I did. He said you will do greater things than I did. And so the same power that lives in Jesus now lives in you. If you believe that in this place, give God a shout of praise in this room. But look, I want to define, I want to define for you power. Again, I want to go back to the Greek. I want us to understand this clearly. Understand this clearly. The Greek word for power is this word dunamis. Everybody shout dunamis. Dunamis. And this is what it means. It means a force, a miraculous power, explosive. It's actually the word that, this is where we get our word dynamite. Someone shout dynamite. And so I, I want to tell you a story to kind of illustrate this, this, this idea of power. See, uh, a couple of years ago, we began this movement called Ignite New York City. Some of y'all, half of y'all weren't there during that time. But for you, that was. You got to get louder than that. Come on, somebody. That's how diring got saved. <laughs> we had this uh, movement called Ignite NYC. And we were able to reach hundreds maybe a couple of hundreds of, of, of young people, and we would gather on a, every, on a bi-monthly basis. And, and, and when we first moved into the location where we wanted to have Ignite, one of the things that we realized is that every time we, we had everything on that needed to be on, meaning all the power that, that needed to be used or occupied at the time, we had double the lights that we had here. We had double the musicians that we had here. I mean, it was an enormous amount of power that we needed. And what we realized is that anytime everything was on in, f- in full, the circuit would trip. And so before we even launched, what we did was is that we installed. I, ho- I hope I'm getting these terminologies right because I, I practiced them with Javi. So it's not my fault. It's Javi's fault. He's an electrician. And so he's like, that's not what I said, Pastor O. That's not what I said. Don't be blaming me. But listen, I'm the preacher. It's all right. <laughs> and so we, we, install, we had to install a designated, what is it, Javi? Dedicated. A dedicated. Dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> A dedicated circuit. Oh, come on. So, come on. We had to install a dedicated, when I say we, I mean somebody else. A dedicated circuit so that it could be able to uphold all the power that needed to be used. Right? So everything that we had for Ignite was put on one circuit so that it would not trip up and down at all times or, or when it, the power exceeded. And, and I think that serves as a great illustration because so many times we're, we're trying to do what God has called us to do, but we keep tripping up the circuits in our life, not realizing that God has given us a dedicated circuit. So come on, somebody. Does anybody believe that in this place? That God has given us a dedicated circuit so that we can accomplish every area that God has assigned to us. He has given us dunamis power, power to overcome, power to have victory, power to be the head and not the tail. If you believe that in this house, give God a praise in this room. I don't know about you, but I still believe that marriages can be healed. I still believe that there's power to heal sickness. I still believe there's power to renew your mind. God has given us power. 
This, this is what I love. This is what I love. I love that. That Paul, look what he says in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Look what he says. He says, And my speech and my preaching were not by persuasive words of human wisdom. Oh, my God. He says, But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I love that because the Apostle Paul, he's saying, listen, man, when I, when I was stepping in the room, I, I, I didn't depend on my persuasive speech and how great I can articulate the word of God. What I depended on the most was the spirit of God and power that he's given me. He says, I depended, I stepped in the room with some spirit and power. I think many times when we step in our room, when we step in our situations, when the devil comes knocking on our door, we hear it the wrong way. We hear it, oh, we're approaching things with panic like nah wrong p word he says i didn't get i gave you panic when the holy spirit comes upon you no 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 no. i wonder what it would look like if the next time the enemy came knocking at your door instead of you approaching it with panic and with man's wisdom you approached it with power i wonder what it would look like if the next time the doctor came with a negative report you didn't approach it with panic you approached it with power I wonder what it would look like if the next time your kids didn't look like what God prophesied over their life. You didn't approach it with panic or with man's wisdom. You approached it with the power of God. I wonder what it would look like if in this place that the next time the finances didn't add up, you didn't approach it with panic, you approached it with power. I wonder what it would look like the next time you went to start a business, you didn't approach it with panic, you approached it not with man's wisdom, but you approached it with the power of God. I wonder if you approached the next time you went to buy that house, you didn't approach it with man's wisdom, you approached it with the power of God. Come on, someone say man in this place. He says, I've given you dunamis power. And, and here, here's where, I just want to give you just three areas where, where the Holy Spirit empowers you. Specifically, as the scriptures would reveal to us. And I want us to pay attention closely because I believe that many of us don't incorporate the Holy Spirit in these areas because we, we're scared or maybe we're too prideful. Uh, how many of you guys in your apartment, you know that there are some rooms that certain guests cannot go to. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you. I don't know, for 2020, for 2020 I want to stop treating the Holy Spirit as a guest. I do. I want to stop treating him like a guest. And sometimes we just treat the Holy Spirit like a guest. We're, we're careful with him. We're sensitive to him. We're like, we don't want to disrupt the Holy Spirit. We kind of cater to him, but we definitely don't allow him to enter the areas where we live life. God had to remind me this year as I made the, as we started planning for 2020 and we started organizing and, and orchestrating. And, and I'm just a planner. I'm a systems guy. And I just think that way. And I can't even think outside of, of those, those parameters at times. And the Holy Spirit had to tell me, pump the brakes. Have you considered me in this? 
And so here's what I, the first thing I want to give you today, because again, this is, this is an area that I believe in our life that, that, that the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, I'm not a guest here. Allow me to come into that room that you don't let no one in. Woo! You know that room. You know that room. You know that, you know that room that you don't let no one in. You know that room. Like, oh, you can go to the bathroom. You can go here. I can give you a look. But I'm not going to let you inside of that room. Holy Spirit said, I'm not here to be a guest. I'm, I'm here to live with you. I'm here to, to, to do life with you. And, and let me give you the first point. Write this down if you're taking notes. The first point is that the Holy Spirit empowers you. And I want you to say it in first person. The Holy Spirit empowers me in my weakness. Can you say that? Can you say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers me in my weakness? Romans chapter 8 verses 26, it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes we think that the, the people that God uses the most are the most talented and the most gifted and the most anointed and, and the special ones and the elite. But, but what if I told you today that, that God actually, especially you look at it in the New Testament, that God actually uses people who are unlearned, unqualified, ordinary people. He fills them with his spirit and he changes the world with them. God doesn't use super extraordinary people. God, the strongest people in the kingdom are not the people with a great resume and great accolades. The strongest people in the kingdom are people who recognize their weakness and depend on God the most. So I have a question. Where, where are you weak at? It's about to get real. I, that wasn't for you. That was for myself. Ro, it's about to get real. Thank you. All right. Where are you weak at? Because the area that you are weakest the most, God is the strongest. That's what I love this idea that he's the paracletus. He is the one that comes alongside us. He specializes in the human condition. And, he, and, and, and where are you weak at today? Maybe you're like, Pastor Ro, you don't understand my weakness, man. Like, I, I haven't even given God my weakness because I, I am weak in this area and I'm waiting to get this area situated so that I can let the Holy Spirit in. And what you don't understand is, is letting the Holy Spirit in is allowing you to deal with that area because he's giving you power. Where, where are you weak at today? Can I just be real with us today? So many of us say we're entering a new year dealing with yesterday's problems. And the Holy Spirit is saying, no, 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 I've given you the power to overcome. I've empowered you in your weakness. Where are you weak at? And if you're the one that's saying, I have no weaknesses, that is your weakness. Where are you weak at, Pastor Rowe? I've been struggling with anger all my life. Where are you weak at? You don't understand. It's like, it's like the superpower that every time something happens, I get angry. And angry, anger allows me to overcome. But it's my greatest weakness. I've been struggling with it since I was a kid. I, I, I just don't know how to overcome. You, you don't understand, Pastor Rowe. Maybe it's you today and you're saying, I just have these insecurities. Are you, are you insecure today? Do you deal with insecurity? Ooh, I know I was going to get an amen on that. Are you dealing with insecurity today? Where are you weak at? 
I'm, I'm, I'm unsure of myself. I'm unsure of my situation. I'm unsure of, of where I, you're dealing with insecurity today. And you know you deal with insecurity. You've been dealing with it for a long time. And you have not been able to over, overcome because we're still allowing the Holy Spirit to be a guest and not be a resident in our, in our life. I'm dealing with insecurity. Maybe, maybe you've been, you know, you know what's that thing? Like that, 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 that weakness, how do, you, how do you know you have a weakness? You've been, you've been dragging it on for a long time. That's my weakness. So you're dealing with anger. You're dealing with insecurity. You're, you're, you're also dealing with so many things. You're, you're, you're dealing with doubt. Pastor O, you don't understand. I, I, I just, I second guess. Every, like every six months, I'm doubting. I doubt my calling. I doubt who you called me to be. I doubt my purpose. And you, you're just constantly dealing with doubt. And I get it. Maybe, maybe the, the conditions and the circumstances around us led us to become and lead that to be our weakness. Maybe you're, maybe you're, man, Pastor Roe, you don't understand. I, I can't stop sleeping with my girlfriend. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to, I've been trying to stop sleeping with my girlfriend. And, and I, and I, that's your weakness. What, what, I, I can't stop sleeping with, with my boyfriend. But, I, but I've been trying, I've been trying, and 2020 is my year. And it's been 12 days and I'm doing good. What if you're doing it in man's wisdom, trying to treat the Holy Spirit as a guest, and he's saying, let me be a resident. I, I can't stop looking at porn every, every time I get, every, every time I get. I mean, it's late at night. I close the doors. I lock the everything. I open up the web browser. I turn on my phone. I go into incognito mode to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Because I, I got I, I can't stop doing this. I, I just I'm 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 looking at porn and I'm and, and and that's your weakness. And we don't let the Holy Spirit in. And because we don't let the Holy Spirit in, then we operate without power. And so we're stuck doing it with man's and human's wisdom instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to reign in that room of weakness. And I want to tell you today that when the Holy Spirit comes over your life, I want to give you permission today. You don't have to be lustful. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be doubtful. You don't have to be insecure because the Holy Spirit has empowered you in the middle of your weakness. This is why I love Paul. He says, he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. He's saying, you're weak? That's when my power works best. You got an addiction? That's when my power works best. You can't stop doing something that I've called you to... Man, my power works best in the middle of your weakness. Where are you weak at? Why? Because that's where I'm strong at. Give it to Jesus. Give it to the Holy Spirit. He's giving you the power to overcome. If you believe that in this house, give him a shout of praise with all you got. I got the power. Second thing, I want you to write this down. Second point, we're done. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. He empowers me to live righteously. 
Because he doesn't empower, he doesn't just empower me in my weakness, the things that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be doing. But he empowers me to live righteously. What does that mean? It's the things that I should be doing that I'm not doing. Pastor, it's just so hard to, to pray. It's so hard to read the Bible. It's it just, it's not that it's just, it's not that we don't know we should do it. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Like it's not that we don't know we that we ought to do it, right? It's not that we don't know that it's it's good for us. We know that it's good for us. We know, like I'm, I've heard so many people say, like, man, every time I read God's word, I feel like I come alive. Right? I come alive, but then, you know, one day I was able to do 30 minutes, and the next day I was able to do 15, and the next day I did five, and the next day I forgot, and the next day I forgot again, and now I'm just functioning that way. But, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I feel dead. I feel, I feel drained. I feel overwhelmed. It's not that we don't know that it's good for us. We know that seeking, spending time with the Holy Spirit. I don't brag about this at all, but let me tell you something. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So every morning, every morning where, I mean, when I, when I, by the time I answer my text messages, I have like 20 text messages waiting for me. Because I've designated a time. I'm not going to wake up and go straight to my phone. Circumstances, situations, reactive. I'm being reactive to life. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to spend some quality time with him. Some of us wake up and we just watch the news. And, hey, I'm, that's, I'm not faulting you, but I'm like, before you get the news of the world, get the download from God. That's all I'm saying. I'm telling you, your life, different. So I wake up every morning and I put on worship and that wakes me up. And then I begin to pray and then I begin to read the Bible. Then I do my devotions. And then I answer my messages. Why? Because... I know I need some time with the Holy Spirit because I got to do it. And here's the thing. It's not that we don't know that it's good for us. It's sometimes it feels hard for us to do. And what you don't understand is that when the Holy Spirit empowers you and he comes upon your life, he makes you want to do it. Does that make sense? He makes you like, I, 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 ask me why I don't cheat on Lisa other than that she'll kill me. Like, Pastor Roe, you eight years, you, you've been faithful. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you the secret? Can I tell you the secret of why I, I don't cheat on Lisa? She's amazing, but she's not that amazing at home. Okay, can I tell you why I don't cheat on Lisa? Can you hold my hand? Can I tell you the secret of why I don't cheat on her? Because I don't want to. You don't know, you want to know, you want to know why I don't want to? You know why I, I never woke up, ever, not one day in, in eight years of marriage, going on nine this year. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Not one day in my life did I wake up and have a desire to cheat on her. You know why? Because I don't want to. You know why I don't want to? Because I love her. And here's what we need to understand. That when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he doesn't just empower you in your weakness. 
he empowers you to want to do the things that God wants. And so you're not just doing it out of obligation. You're doing it out of delight. You're not doing it out of duty. You're doing it out of delight. You're not doing it to endure. I got to pray. I got to pray. You do it because you enjoy doing it. God fills you with the Holy Spirit. And when he does that, he fills you with the fullness of God, which is to say that God fills you with his love in such a way that you don't just feel obligated to fulfill the commandments. You become the thing that fills the commandments. Last point. Let me give you the last point. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Write this down in your notes. And this is where I want to conclude today. The Holy Spirit empowers me with supernatural guidance. Woo! Look, look what it says. It says, and, and I want, I'll put these two verses together for you because I want, to, I want to paint something for you. Galatians chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. He empowers you in your weakness. He empowers you to live righteously. Makes you want to do the things that God wants you to do. But he empowers you with supernatural guidance. Galatians 5 says, so let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, watch this. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit with them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Ooh. Wait a minute, what? I got, wait, what? No one knows, I wish. And next week, next week, you got to come back next week. You got to come back next week. Because next week, we're going to talk about how you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be so good. Come back. But he says, who knows the thoughts of God? Like, have you ever felt like, God, what do you want for my life? God, who is it that you want me to marry? God, what job do you want me to take? God, should I move? Should I stay? God, should I step into this career or not? God, what do you want from me? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says no one knows the thoughts of God. Isn't it amazing that the thoughts of God are now found in the Holy Spirit? But the beautiful thing about that is that the Holy Spirit is not a guest in your house and he's a resident in your house. He lives inside of you. Man, you have access to the thoughts of God in your life. And so you are empowered with supernatural guidance. I, I remember one time, I, I, I heard a prophet one time, and, and I, love, I love this man of God, but I shared this with Lisa. I was like, he said, he said man, God, he, he's a, he had a prophetic voice. He's like, God tells me everything about everybody, but he don't tell me nothing about me. And I said, Lisa, that's amazing because God don't tell me nothing about nobody, but he tells me everything about me. And I'm okay with that. He guides me. He gives me supernatural guidance. That's why when I told Lisa on August 27, 2011, God has called us to get married, she walked on water. And she said the Holy Spirit gave her the confirmation. Supernatural guidance. And I think that many times the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. But here's what's happening. So much clutter is around us that we give him equal level in our life. And so our finances is a voice in our life. Our marriage is a voice in our life. 
and we have so many voices coming to us. The voice of the enemy is constantly resounding in our life, and he's, and he's telling us that, nah, you can't make it. No, you will not. No, you, who, who is God? Has God helped you through this situation? Has God even been there for you? Like, why are you even going to church? Like, God is, are you serious? Who do, who do you think you are? You're better off without him, and the enemy will start speaking into your life. And here's what you need to understand about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes like a fresh wind, but he also comes like a still whisper. And oftentimes we cannot hear the Holy Spirit with clarity because we're not paying attention to the whispers of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is just whispering while he's whispering to us. So much chaos. So much volume. So much noise. And the Holy Spirit is whispering to each and every one of us. And we just need to just settle things down and hear his voice. What is it that you need to hear the voice of God for your life today? Because I'm telling you, your life depends on it. It does. It does. One wrong move could bring you to a wrong decision. It could cause you years, years of going around the wilderness. But if you hear the Holy Spirit. Now, now, watch this. Many of us in worship, how many love worship here? I love worshiping the Lord, right? We're done. We're done right here. I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet because we're done. Many of us, we're worshiping, we're worshiping God together. How many of you that you guys that Ku House a loud church? See, many of us are worshiping and many of us, there's so much noise happening on the outside, but some of us don't know what's happening on stage. And what you don't know is like, if you ever found it weird that Javi has a mic that he doesn't sing in, let me, let me explain why. Like, why does he always talk into that mic and we don't hear him? See, here's what you need to know. Javi, what happens when you talk into this mic? It's an inner mic. It goes to Marcus, to Dan, and to the sound guy. Now, woo, watch this, watch this. Marcus, what is happening when everyone is yelling, Great are you, Lord. It gets noisy out there, but what happens in this little mic, this little speaker right here? I have a direct connection to what Javi's saying to me. Did you? Did you? And, and what is Javi saying to you? He's... He's giving me instructions on where to go next. I think he's a preacher, but I'm just. Javi, Javi, Javi. So, 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 no matter how much noise is out there, you're able to speak in here. You're able to give him instructions. And, and, and what happens? What happens? What happens? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are we able to turn on Javi's mic? Are we able to do that? Yes or no? Go ahead. Are you able to turn it on? Yes or no? Oh, this is going to get good. Give me a thumbs up. I hear it on the monitors. Okay, so what happens... What is it that you're saying 
on the mic. I'm saying, okay, we're gonna go to a build. Four on the floor, four on the floor. What happens when you speak in the mic and they don't listen? I scream at them louder. That's what I do. What happens when they completely ignore what, what could happen to what's happening here if they fall off what you're telling them? It's, it's a disaster. It's distraction. They're doing their own thing. Nobody's on the same page. There's no communication. Did you hear that? I don't want my life to be a distraction because I'm not listening. Uh -huh. I said, I don't want my life to be a distraction because I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit. But look what begins to happen when the Spirit... Look what the Bible says real quick, real quick. Kings, 2 Kings. It says, then he was told, go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God but God wasn't to be found in the wind after the wind and the earthquake but God wasn't in the earthquake and after that the earthquake a fire but God wasn't in the fire and after that the, after the fire a gentle quiet whisper look what happens when you begin to hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.